Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. Hello, podcast fam. Thank you so much for listening. None of this would be possible without you. Now, if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, go ahead and share it with them. The more people that are thriving and healing and doing cool things for themselves, the better this entire world is. So hello, welcome. We're going to jam today. Uh, Go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or a comment on YouTube if you are listening there. And if you are looking for one of the ways to reduce stress, I have got a freebie for you. If you head to amandachills.com slash reduce dash stress, you will find it there. All right, y'all, let's party. Hello, friends. Welcome. I am trying this out to record for the podcast because I know YouTube saves the video. So we're going to try this out and see how it goes because setting a whole thing up is kind of annoying, right? Um, So if you are new here, welcome. I talk about all things mental health and living your best life and how to maximize your energy and decrease your stress and your anxiety. Today, I want to talk about Christmas stress and why Christmas can be so overwhelming for so many people and how to deal with it, right? So Christmas is a time of year where a lot of our cultural rhetoric is that you should be happy and this is the best time of year and have a holly jolly Christmas and all of those things, you know, but that's not true for everyone. For many, many people, Christmas is exhausting and stressful and sad and hard. Now, if you've ever lost anyone, then you know this to be true, or you may know this to be true. Christmas can bring up a lot of memories if you have lost someone close to you, or if that loss has happened recently, or if someone's birthday is near the holiday, anything where you have a special memory associated with someone who is no longer here can make Christmas really hard for you. Christmas can be hard for people who are struggling financially especially with the rise of social media, right? So one of the good and bad things about social media is that it can be inspirational, but it can also put you in this comparison trap where you feel like you're not doing well enough or someone else is doing better. And it doesn't really leave a lot of room for nuance, right? So I follow some bloggers and those bloggers are putting out gift guides for every type of person. Um, But a lot of those gifts are expensive and especially, you know, hashtag 2020 dumpster fire with coronavirus and so many people, their finances are unstable or they're out of work or they're struggling to pay for things that can put so much pressure on you for Christmas. And so finances can be really, really hard. They can be so much harder on the holidays because you want to 
give gifts to your loved ones. And sometimes you're just not able to. So that's one of the things a lot of people struggle with. One of the other things that I see, and this may ring true for you, is if you have kind of a problematic family or family member. So I work with a ton of people who grew up in a chaotic home or an abusive home. And around the holidays, there's so much language around prioritizing your family and spending time with them. And that language can be really damaging if you lack a support system or if you lack a loving, healthy family dynamic. So right now I'm talking to a lot of clients about how to deal with that stress and how to set boundaries with those people in at home and what to do and what to say. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes because I want you guys to feel prepared. That's the whole reason that I spend hours a week doing this podcast so that I can help you and you feel like you have the tools to create your best life and to be your own CEO. And you're like, Amanda, what's a me-e-o? It's where you're the CEO of your life, friend. You call the shots. You run your life. But that's here nor there. So back to Christmas. So if you have a problematic or abusive family or family member, let's say one of your family members is struggling with addiction, or if you yourself are struggling with addiction, or you have an absent family or an abusive family member, or your sibling is dating an abusive family member or married to one, that can be extremely stressful. So we're going to talk about problematic family today. We're going to talk about the rhetoric around finishing out the year strong and getting your life pumping goals. And like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I am so freaking sick of looking at these ads. Maybe they just come for me. I don't know. I'm sure you guys are seeing them too, where it's like, finish out the year strong and only two weeks left in the year. Better get to it. Or you're seeing the opposite. I'm just like, new year, new you. Lose the quarantine 15. Start 2021 strong. And I am just like so tired of the hustle culture. I'm tired of it. Like, I just want to nap. I just want to nap, guys. That's I just want to freaking sleep. <laughs> but instead I'm reporting a, recording a podcast for you. You're welcome because we're doing things and it's awesome and you guys need support. So the rhetoric around what to eat for the holidays or what to not eat for the holidays or how to not gain weight during the holidays or how to lose weight during the holidays or just shaming people for feeding and putting food in their mouths is such an industry. Like I think health and wellness or weight loss is like, I mean, come on, they're a multi-billion dollar industry and they all recycle the same crap every year that you need to either lose weight during the holidays or watch what you eat during the holidays or whatever, right? Now I'm not saying go out and eat everything inside and gain 50 pounds because that's not healthy either. We want to live in a health space, like where you make the decisions, you do what's best for you, but I can't imagine that that feels good for anyone. It doesn't feel good for me where people are like, watch what you're eating. Don't eat that pound cake. Or I don't know, whatever you guys eat for Christmas. Um, like, listen, if your girl wants pound cake, she's eating some. I just never do. But like a chocolate cake with chocolate ganache, like there's like very little chance that I'm going to say no to that. I don't care what time of year it is. Everybody can die mad about it. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to eat it and be happy. So where was I? Ah, we were on 
stress eating during the holidays or all the messaging around your body during the holidays. Now this can be hard for both sexes. So men and women experience this where you have to new year's resolution, you're going to get fit, you're going to do these things. But I think one of the things that's so unique about this year, obviously is coronavirus where your body's stress response is to actually hold on to fat because your body's like, if we're stressed out, something big must be coming up. So I better prepare for it by holding on to fat so that I have extra energy stores for when the ish hits the fan. And that goes completely against the rhetoric about losing weight during the holidays or not gaining weight during the holidays because it's it's biology, people. You can't outrun it. You can't outdiet it any more than you can <laughs> decide to walk on all fours. Like we're made to walk upright. Our bodies are made to store fat when times are stressful. And they store fat in the winter. Why? Because lean. it's a lean time, right? So that is just a completely false rhetoric. Another thing that can make the holidays really stressful is just all of the changes and rules around COVID, right? Can you go out? Some people aren't wearing masks. Some people don't believe in masks. What is safe? What is safe to see your family? What is safe to be exposed to other people? There's a lot of nuance there. Now, I'm not going to go either way, right? But you have to decide what's best for you in dealing with this stress. So Amanda, what the heck is stress? What is holiday stress? What does it look like? Well, it can look like irritability. It can look like just exhaustion, right? Some people are just so tired during the holidays. And then you compound that with everything else that's going on right now, workplace changes. If you're working from home, if you have children, if you exist right now, which I hope you do because you're listening to the podcast, so hopefully you exist. Um, then things are different. They're stressful. We're going through a huge upheaval in social justice movements. And hi, <laughs> person watching, you just said hello. Um, so all of those things are very stressful and stress shows up different for everybody. So it can look like irritability, exhaustion. You can't focus. Like, I don't know about you guys, but my brain is basically a bag of cats all the time. So it's <laughs> a little harder to focus when I'm stressed out. If you experience any type of chronic pain, this is going to make it worse. Stress makes pain worse because it causes inflammation when it's chronic. Now, a very acute amount is good. Our bodies are made to handle acute stress, but we are not made to run from a bear 24-7, which is what your body thinks Christmas stress is. It can affect your sleep. Staying up worrying about how am I going to afford it or what am I going to do or I, I don't, I can't afford it. Literally, I, oh my gosh, I just, I really don't want to see this family member. Like I'm so worried about telling them I don't want to come or I'm worried about the safety or any of the things you're worried about will definitely keep you up at night. It can worsen anxiety or depression symptoms, especially since we're compounding it with the season. There's less light. It's cold. You're not outside as often. It can be rainy. Like it was pretty much rainy all morning. Right now it's stopped. You can experience racing thoughts. Your brain just won't shut off. That's something I hear all the time. 
there are many more stress symptoms, but those are some of the main ones that I hear all the time. Now, all of these things are a huge drain on your energy and they're a drain on your happiness, to be quite honest. So now that we've gone over how stress shows up, and I encourage you to think about like self, how does stress show up for me? Good question. If we're not aware of it, then we can't really fix it, can we? Now, I'm not just here to stress you guys out more <laughs> and to tell you everything that can be stressful about Christmas. I also want to talk about what can you do? Here's where I really shine, right? Because I love to talk about stress and how to manage it. It is one of my, besides boundaries, it is literally one of my like favorite things to talk about or my dog. Love to talk about my dog. For anyone who's ever met me, you definitely know that this is a fact. Um, so what do we do to manage stress? Chances are you've been doing some things for well, your whole life, really, because your lives, you have stress. But when the ante is upped, when more things are added onto our plate, whatever we normally do isn't going to work anymore because the stress becomes too much. And so we have to match that stress with more skills. So if normally you kind of operate at like a three or a four, then your three or a four skills are going to work for you. But if we add in winter and we add in Christmas and we add in financial problems and we add in Corona and now we're at like a seven or an eight, then your three or four skills are not going to work for you. Kind of like when you start your first job in the first couple of weeks, you get, you're like, oh, I'm kind of crappy at this, but I have a base skill. But once you're in that job for a while, you start being handed more responsibilities. You need to up your skills in order to keep up with those. So some of the ways that people manage stress, we'll give like an overview and then we'll really go deep into what those things can look like. Some people exercise. Some people, honestly, I sleep more. <laughs> I just take more naps. You're welcome. Take naps, people. I give you permission. Although probably not at work. Don't take naps at work. Um, some people take naps. Some people walk. Some people read or do puzzles or play with your kids or your spouse or your dog or your partner. Some people avoid it altogether. We're going to talk about why that's a terrible idea and it's completely unhelpful. Some people try and control everything. Again, another thing that seems helpful but really isn't in the long run. Some people eat more or less. You ever been so stressed out that you're eating like everything in sight or you're not eating at all? Welcome to humans. We're funny little gremlins. Now, some of those sound productive and some don't, but there's always a spectrum of productivity here. So let's take exercising, right? We'll just go down the line. Let's say you exercise in order to relieve stress. If the exercise you're doing becomes like, a punishment or it starts wearing your body down or you're not resting appropriately, all you're doing is adding more stress to your body because anytime you work out, it is stressful because you're forcing your body to adapt. <sighs> Sorry guys, I just yawned. See, need a nap, I'm telling y'all. 
So exercise can be helpful or at the extreme ends of the spectrum, it can be very unhelpful. What I tend to classify instead as more helpful is just movement. The more that you move your body, the more flexible and fluid your brain is as well, because hello, your brain is a part of your body. So moving, just taking a 10 minute walk can actually increase your creativity by up to like 60%, which means now you're better at problem solving because you're more creative and you have more room to just think about other things or you have some, an opportunity to be mindful and to engage with the world around you, especially if you're stacking variables and you're like, Amanda, I hear you ask into the void, what does stacking variables mean? Well, friend, I'm going to tell you. So stacking variables means we stack good stuff or bad stuff, but specifically we want to talk about good stuff. So let's say you decide to take a walk because you feel stuck and you're, you just feel too hyped up because your anxiety shows up as too much. Walking is wonderful. Now, imagine we stack variables and you walk outside. Aha, ha, now you're in nature. You're probably exposed to sunlight. Sunlight and vitamin D is essential in almost every single body process. So you're moving, you're exposed to sunlight, you're breathing fresh air. Hopefully wherever you live has fresh air. You are just surrounded by green and nature. Perhaps you take your shoes off. And now you're walking on grass. You're literally grounded and rooted to the earth, stacking variables. Maybe you take a water and you don't normally drink water. Although side note, if you guys are struggling with stress, stop drinking soda and alcohol, like cut it down. All it does is poison your body. So we'll talk about that in a second too. So imagine you take a water or a tea or a coffee. Heck, I love coffee. Side note, I've been trying to make latte art, tried to make a Christmas tree this morning, pretty sure it just looked like a blob. So if you guys know how to make latte art, please <laughs> drop a comment and let me know because I wanna learn. Or if there's any really good YouTube videos about it, let me know. So you're outside, you're drinking water, you are getting sunlight, you're in nature, you're letting your mind wander is its own skill. And that's how we start stacking variables. Let's say you decide to pick up a mobility routine. You're like, man, you know what? I'm really stuck. Like, I'm just, oh my gosh, there's so much energy and I need to move it. So I'm just going to stretch. I'm going to do some mobility work, but I'm going to open up the shades and do it by a window because maybe it's too cold where you live to be outside. That's okay. Can you do it by a window? Do you have any plants in your house that you can bring into your space? That's how we start stacking variables. So one way to deal with stress is to move your body more. Doesn't have to be exercise, right? You don't have to go to the gym and lift or do CrossFit or do anything. You just move your body. If you normally sit all day at work, can you stand? Sometimes. Now, perhaps you have a mobility issue where you are not able to do that. This is where the creativity comes in. What can you do if you are, if you have mobility disabilities or you have, you are bound in a wheelchair or one of those, you know, any of the thousands of options that people can have with disabilities, what can you do? How can you incorporate mobility or movement or sunlight or getting outside into your routine so that you can start stacking variables? 
Now, we definitely want to talk about the, you know, ends of the spectrum where you're never moving. That's not good either. Move your body. Like, you know, you're anything I do today. Move your freaking body. Get Nate it in whatever way makes sense and feels good to you. But there's a space where you become obsessed with exercise, obsessed with working out, not gaining a pound, not having your body fat percentage change. That's not a healthy space either. And we're going to do different videos on that. So whatever balance works for you, let's try and find that. And how can you incorporate just more movement? Something I do is I use a stand-up desk and I put my drink on the floor. Not right now while I'm filming, but normally my drink is on the floor. And that way I get in like a bunch of squats every day because I'm bending down to pick it up. I'm working on ankle mobility because I'm squatting all the way down. I'm working on hip mobility. I take 20 or 30 minutes every morning and go through just I move my body. So exercise is one of them. Now we have other things where you occupy your mind, reading or crossword puzzles or putting a puzzle together. Oh, y'all, the sun just came out. Oh, best life. Um, how can you occupy your mind, right? So social media scrolling, especially doom scrolling. I don't know about you guys, but I was definitely doing that <laughs> during election season. I was doom scrolling. That is not the way that you want to reduce stress, friend, especially if social media stresses you out. So here is your full permission to delete and unfollow anyone who stresses you out or gives you comparisonitis. Some people are inspirational, but it's sometimes it's not helpful to follow those accounts because you get too in your head about comparing. That's when we really want to shut those off. So unfollow those people. You can always follow them back if it doesn't work for you, but try it and see how you feel. So really engaging in something that's not a screen, which I know is ironic, since if you're on YouTube, you're watching this on a screen. Uh, but here we are. Turn off your screens. Put your eyeballs on something far away, like in nature or something. Put your eyeballs on something that is not a screen, a book, a puzzle, a toy, a Rubik's Cube. Who cares? something to occupy your mind, learn a language, do something with your time so that your body and your brain. So like when we focus on something that's not taking all of our attention, our brain kind of like, like the Pac-Man that like, yep, 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 eats little things. Our brain is eating all those little things that need to be cleaned up. But if we never have downtime, our brain never gets the chance to just like declutter and clear stuff out. So then all that stuff just builds. You need cleaning time. Like the little Pac-Man is just like, arm, 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 and it's like eating those little dots. That's what your brain does when you have downtime. So just that will really stress for you. And we come to my favorite thing, which is sleeping. Most people don't sleep enough. Go to bed. Go to bed way earlier than you think you need to. Get off your screens and then go to bed. Shut your TV off. I see you people who sleep with the TV on. You are ruining your sleep. Turn the TV off. Turn the screens off. Read a book. Go to bed. Then we're stacking variables again. Another way we deal with Christmas stress. So that's kind of general stress, right? We want to make sure that we're eating healthy foods, not this processed BS crap. But listen, if you want to treat, do you. Like, do you. If you love those little Christmas I don't know, tree cakes or whatever. You love oatmeal cream pies or you have a family dessert recipe that you're just like, oh, every Christmas this is life. 
eat it, live your dream, but be careful that you're not trying to avoid your stress and get a dopamine hit with your food. Water, guys, drink water. Replace those sodas and alcohol. So what about Christmas-specific stress, Amanda? I hear you ask into the void. Well, friends or Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, right? It's stressful. One of the ways that we deal with it is by setting a budget, especially when finances are tight. And so setting a budget means you're also going to have to take a look at your finances, which I know can be really scary, especially if what you normally do is avoid thinking about your finances at all. You're going to have to look at them in order to set a budget and to set a boundary for what you really honestly can spend. I know a woman who takes out a loan every single holiday season. That is insane to me. That's insane to me. Now she, uh, you know, feels like she can afford it, whatever, but you're, to me, that's insane. Why not just budget for what is realistic for you and then buy gifts according to that. Now, what if your budget is very small? I hear you say. Again, this is where walking that frees up creativity is going to be really helpful. How can you get creative about the gifts that you do give? Are there ways to be sentimental that don't cost a lot of money? One of the things that I see, oh, Pinterest is great for this, by the way. DIY, sentimental, cheap gifts, Pinterest, 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 people. One of the things I think is so cute is to take a family cookie recipe and put it in a mason jar so they can make those family cookies or to do salt dough handprints. This would be great if you have children to give to your parents or anything like that. You could, listen, go to Pinterest. There's a million freaking ideas on there. But how can you perhaps give a sentimental gift that is less expensive and keeps you within your budget? Now, budgets, along with budgets, come a real talk that you're going to have to have with yourself, with your partner if you have one, and potentially with your kids, right? So the new PS5 is very smart, and they released it right before holiday season. They're not stupid, guys. They know what they're doing. They know all these kids are going to see it and are going to beg, 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 beg their parents for one. But children have no concept of money, guys. Like, no, no concept of money at all. So then parents feel guilty because this year has been so hard or perhaps they really can't afford things throughout the year and they want to make Christmas special for them. But it's not always realistic that this is something that you can afford. And so you may need to get creative about what you can buy. Or you need to have a really honest conversation with your kids about what's realistic for you and for them even though they will be sad, even though they may cry and their little hearts will be broken, you can only do what you can do. And overextending yourself just for a day has some really big consequences. And I just, I don't want to see you guys go through those. So we set a budget. Something I do actually is I set up a little savings account. Uh, you can most banks will let you set up as many savings accounts as you want. So I have one specifically entitled, well, it's actually entitled MF and presents, but like presents. So every month I put like, I think 40 bucks in. I can honestly lower that because I don't spend a lot on Christmas. And so at the end of the year, whatever 40 times 12 is $480, like 
what? That's a freaking chunk of change. Now, if you can't afford $40 a month, can you afford 10? Can you afford 20? Then you have 120 or $240 that you already know you're going to spend because you probably have an idea about how much you spend every month or every year for Christmas. And it's already there. Now, let's say you budget out that you're putting $20 a month in. So you end up with $240 at the end of the year. But you're like, oh, hey, man, I, I really did well, like making gifts instead. I only spent 200. Now you have $40 you can roll over. Well, you can really do whatever you want with it because it's your money. You can eat it. You can give it away. You can donate it. You can do whatever, right? So setting a budget and having a realistic expectations conversation with whoever you need to have that with. That can be hard. Now, if you need help with that, if you need help talking about how you're feeling about Christmas, I have a phenomenal guide. You can find it at www.amandachills.com slash communication. One of the ways that we can support our community is to shop local or to volunteer during the holidays. A lot of people do that. I myself do um, like the Salvation Army tree angel every year because it feels good. Now, should we be volunteering all the time? Yes. Do I? No. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit it is one of my goals for 2021. But how can you get out of your head and into your life during the holiday season? Volunteer guys, they need presents, they need help wrapping presents, people need help serving food, like there's so many opportunities. Just look at your local volunteer organization, Google your town name and nonprofit, and see if there's a way that you can get involved. That way you get out of your head, because that's not the funnest place to live and into your life. Ah, my favorite part, prioritizing your health and saying hell no to things you don't want to do. So you guys have probably heard me say the well, I said it earlier, die mad about it. Here's why I say that. Other people's reactions to your boundaries are not your problem. And if you really want to have less stress, what you absolutely need to bar none have to do is set freaking boundaries. Now, this works really well with everyone. It can be hardest to do with partners and family members. That doesn't mean it's not worth doing. It is absolutely worth doing. Boundaries will set you free. If you hear nothing I say today, set boundaries. Let other people die mad about them. Boundaries can look like any of these phrases. No, I can't come for the holiday dinner because I'm worried about exposure to COVID. Or I am available to come for two hours, but I cannot stay the whole night and I can't stay longer than that. If you bring up my partner, my children, my sexuality, I will leave. I will not speak to you if you bring up X. I don't have a lot of money for gifts this year. And so everyone is getting XYZ. Please understand that this is me prioritizing my finances. Um, I'm willing to, oh gosh, I would not think of one now that I was just talking about them. <laughs> so you are allowed to set boundaries around your time, your spending habits, and your attention. If your family is abusive, you set all the freaking boundaries that you need. If you need help doing that, literally shoot me a message on Instagram at Amanda underscore chills. I'm happy to help you. 
that can be really hard to do, especially during the holidays, especially if your family's manipulative or your partner's manipulative or whoever is manipulative, especially children. Children are really good at manipulating. This is where the die mad portion comes in. Your only job is to live life on your terms kindly and with integrity. That's it. That's the only reason we're here and to help each other, of course, but we're talking about setting boundaries. How other people react to them gives you a really good indication of whether they believe boundaries should exist and their ability to think about self-care. So people who've never been able to set boundaries very often are confused or angry when you try and set yours. That doesn't mean that we don't set them. It means we set them anyway and release their emotional reaction. Now we're going to do a few episodes on how to set boundaries and what it looks like and all those things. But for now, I want you to think about what am I comfortable doing for this holiday? Who am I comfortable seeing and for how long? Now, some people say, Amanda, I don't want to see my family at all. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to do shit with them. You don't have to. Here's your permission. Tell them I said so. They can at me if they pissed off. But some people say it's the holidays and I, I don't want to see them, but it's important and it's a tradition, right? So then I say, okay, this is your choice. You're choosing to go see them. How long are you comfortable for? Are there any things that are off topic? Communicate those beforehand. Not that they'll agree or they'll magically change their ways simply because when you leave, because they don't uphold your boundary, they know why. So for example, if you say, mom, I'm going to come for the holidays, but if you talk about my weight, I, I will not stay. I will not speak to you if you bring up my weight or make a mean comment about, about it. And let's say you get there and for an hour or so she does well, cause she's like, oh, okay. She's serious. She's like setting a boundary. And then you decide to eat pecan pie, right? Who the heck turns down pecan pie? Not this girl. Probably people who are allergic to pecans, in which case I feel sorry for you. Pecan pie is delicious. And then your mom makes a comment about your weight. Are you sure you want to eat all that? You know, a moment on the lips is a lifetime on the hips or whatever, like people say. Then, because you already told her what would happen, you say, mom, I told you that if you make a comment about my body, about my weight, I would leave. Thank you very much for this time. And then you leave. Now that is really hard to do. And it takes a lot of steps in the meantime. I just want to get your wheels turning about what that would look like for you. So again, here's our five ways that we manage stress. Maybe five. I wasn't, I'm really bad about not counting what I'm talking. We prioritize our health. Eat real foods. Move your body. Get outside. Stack variables. Get out of your head. Get into your life. Pay attention to your life. Do something that forces you to pay attention to your life and get out of your head. Connect with your loved ones. Get off your freaking screens. Even though you're probably watching this on a screen if you're on YouTube or you're listening to it. Whatever. Set boundaries. Financial boundaries. Set a budget. Even if you're scared, I promise you it'll be worth it. Take a real look at your finances and what you can afford. Have that conversation with whoever you need to have it with. Hopefully they'll understand. So we prioritize our health. We set boundaries. 
We do whatever normally works for you. This is a good time to double down on whatever works for you. For me, it's naps. It's getting outside. It's hanging out with the animals. If you are a gym person, if you're a walker, if you like to swim, if you like to climb trees and hang upside down, who cares what you do? Double down on it. This is really the time where that's going to be helpful. Talk to someone. I bet somebody else that you know is very stressed out now as well. It can just be really helpful to connect with that person and to say, holy cheese balls, I'm stressed out. <laughs> like I'm just stressed. Sometimes saying it can be so cathartic. I think that's four things. Again, see, my bag is a brain of cats. Mm, Jesus, my brain is a bag of cats and I struggle with paying attention. Oh, we volunteer, right? Get out of your head and into your life. That's another way. That is about it for the Christmas list. So we're going to set a budget. We're going to prioritize our health. We're going to stack variables where we can. We're going to set boundaries and we're going to connect with others. Ah, the last and perhaps most important, give yourself lots and lots of compassion. You have survived a dumpster fire of a year that has been hard AF. You're still here. Sometimes that's enough. All right. That is our Christmas holiday survival guide, guys. If you have questions, shoot me a message on Instagram. If you're listening to this on your phone, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. I love seeing people listen to it. And if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, but even more importantly, tell me about what your biggest struggle is in the holiday season. I want to hear and I want to support. So let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram at Amanda underscore chills. All right, y'all. Until next week, be good.